0: blog talk radio
1: you're listening to travel brigade your weekly travel and destination show here are your hosts kathleen curry and jeff griffin
2: travel brigade your weekly travel and destination show this is kathleen curry i am here with jeff griffin we are in dresden beautiful city in germany the east part of germany that's our first time here couldn't believe the beautiful buildings when we came into town i mean i remember when we were pulling in on the train and i saw the tops of the buildings with gold statues and different things i was i couldn't believe i had no idea what we were getting into <laughs>
3: This city is incredible because all these beautiful pieces of architecture, they were all bombed out in 1945. You walk around and there's all this incredible architecture from the 16th, 17th, 18th century. It's all been rebuilt since 1945.
2: I was going to say, can you you believe the pictures? I mean, the pictures, the pre- and post-pictures are, you hear it, but when you see those pre- and post-pictures, we'll
3: have to put some up during the show. I was just going to say, this city is an incredible testament to the human spirit. They had about a thousand years worth of history here between. 1945 and 1989 1945 everything's completely bombed out people decided to rebuild and they gradually rebuilt and then they were a part of East Germany living under the Soviet Union until 1989 they brought about this peaceful revolution then reunified with Germany and have continued to rebuild as we're walking through the old town here there's still construction going on all over the place. It's a real testament to combining the old and the new and recovering from something.
2: Yeah, we're sitting here, as Jeff said, here in the city center, the old city center in Old Town, watching the hustle and bustle go by. We've just been having an amazing time while you've been here. We have been looking at historic buildings. I went to the palace. We've had some great food. We have a lot on today's show to talk about.
3: The way we got here is we flew into Amsterdam and then over to Berlin and then took a train from Berlin here to Dresden, about two hours. There's
2: also a KLM flight that goes from Berlin now to directly to Dresden, so that's an option as well. So you can get into any kind of major airport, but definitely Berlin. And so, yeah, if you can get over to Europe, get to any major area, there are trains that come here, but as well as a couple of direct flights. Our flight into Berlin, and then we did a direct train right here to Dresden.
3: We've been staying at the Star Inn at the Alt Market, which is right in the Old Town, sort of near Christchurch and near Church. We'll get into those more later but the thing I really liked is where we've been here in the old town, we can just walk everywhere.
2: Right, and like Jeff said, I mean we had this beautiful room that overlooked the square, we had a little patio it was really just gorgeous to sit out there and look at the beautiful buildings from there and it was a great location, there's there's quite a few hotels right in this area which is really nice because it's very, very walkable
3: We've got several interviews on today's show we're going to talk with a local expert on Dresden who's got a lot of interesting information, going to hear about some food and stop by fun restaurant we've also got an interview with the reverend at frauen what's
2: the english translation of <laughs> that?
3: church of our lady there
2: we go that's much better for me
3: coming up we've got an interview with a local expert suzanne reichelt and she's going to tell us more about this incredible city stay tuned you're listening to travel brigade we will be right back
4: not sure where to go what to do and where to sleep up next hot hotels unique activities and top attractions in our destination city Check
2: it out. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. We are in the beautiful, beautiful city. I am so, I shouldn't say surprised, but just intrigued by Dresden. I had no idea what we were getting into.
3: This, to me, this place here is a testament to the human spirit. Everything was destroyed in the Allied bombing of 1945. They started to build it back up. And then they also, at the same time, had this peaceful revolution that occurred in 1989. And there's so much history here packed into about a 50-year... they got about 1,000 years of history packed into a 50-year period here in uh, the mid to late 20th century. And it just... I am so impressed that after everything that happened here, they just said, let's rebuild it. It's an incredible place. And here to tell us more about it is a tour guide that we had the pleasure of meeting with today, Suzanne Reichelt. And Suzanne, tell us, what is it about the, the spirit of this place? You're someone who grew up here, who lived through the revolution and everything. What, what is it about the people here that caused them to just constantly be moving forward?
5: Yeah, Dresden is really a, a very particular place. And the people here in Dresden, the locals, they are they are very attached to their city. And, um, you know, it was very soon after the war that the people are hardly having anything to eat, you know. They were hungry, but still they wanted this place to be rebuilt. And so uh, the Zwinger, for instance, which is uh, one of the famous uh, sites dating back to the 18th century, it's like a, a symbol of Dresden. Um, and that was the very first building which was reconstructed in Dresden starting in 1940. So the tourists I'm guiding around often ask me, where did, did people take the force, to, uh, get the force from to, to rebuild the city? And, um, well, this is really a sign of hope for them, yeah, to, to reconstruct the Stringer. And um, um, there was even a lottery. Yeah, So they raised funds with the help of a lottery, and people were happy yeah, to give money uh, for the reconstruction of this place. And that continued then. There were people who was, uh, fought for the safeguarding of the ruins until the time was there. To, to rebuild, um, also for instance the opera house, and finally even the palace, the residential palace, um, which uh, is still under reconstruction. So after the peaceful revolution, after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the reunification of Germany, it's under new circumstances that that redevelopment is going on, and uh, it's, I'm very happy just to to show people what's going on here in Dresden.
3: I was really amazed. Now I'm not going to I'm going to say the Church of Our Lady because I'm not going to butcher the German pronunciation but we're just about 100 yards from the Church of Our Lady and just 50 years ago there were sheep grazing there and now it's you know a thriving metropolitan area. It's amazing how fast everything has happened.
5: Yeah, Frauenkirche is a a chapter of itself really, Frauenkirche the Church of Our Lady, this is a symbol also for that uh, resurrection of Dresden so to speak, but that is something which only happened after the peaceful revolution Uh, so until the early 1990s there was just a huge heap of rubble there, a ruin which had been the symbol also for that destruction of Dresden which was the the place where people also rallied in these uh, weeks and months of the peaceful revolution and uh, with the fall of the Berlin Wall and with all that enthusiasm at that time, you know, everything seemed possible. Some locals, some Dresdeners made an appeal to all over the world to raise funds for the symbolic rebuilding of that church. And then they started to take into their hands each of these stones of that heap of rubble and try to find out where each of those stones had been. And it was rebuilt as it was. But with the old blackened stones contrasting with the new stones, it's like a scar to the events of 1945. And so this church also now reconstructed is still a symbol for the fate of this city and for its reconstruction. I actually just spent
2: several hours over at the palace and over at the masters the old masters gallery and I was amazed first of all not only the outside and the architecture but the inside and anyone who's fans of like all these shows like Game of Thrones or any of those like you go in you feel like you're going back into time you can see the daggers the knives the the tents that they use and the beautiful fabric I thought it was actually amazing and then of course over at the um, masters gallery I thought I had my favorites with the orsay architecture Textured. This is absolutely amazing.
5: Yeah, the uh, concentration of art treasures in Dresden, that's of course also a, a great attraction and well, we are grateful to the 18th century rulers, not only the 18th century rulers, but them in particular um, that they really spent their money um, on these treasures and collected uh, paintings and uh, had wonderful work gold articles made which uh, now are uh, displayed in our museum, so it's really on a very uh, small area it's a high concentration of absolutely top-quality works of art here.
3: If you had to choose, somebody's just got a couple of days here and they had to pick I don't know, four or five things to see. And I, I know this is really difficult because just walking around here today, there's I know there's 25 things to see here and you couldn't even scratch the surface, but if you just were picking out just, uh, I don't know, three, four, five things that you said, hey, you really need to go see this, what would those be?
5: Well, of course, uh, the, uh, the old town center is very small and compact and just walking once around the um, city center, that should definitely be a part of the itinerary. Maybe at night also, when all the buildings are lit up and that's wonderful to see it from the bridge. That waterfront skyline of Dresden, and uh, among the museums, it's of course the uh, the palace with the green wall, the Treasury Museum, and the Old Masters Picture Gallery, which people should yes. definitely not miss. But Dresden also has wonderful surroundings, and it's easy. It's uh, to if you leave Dresden in any direction, you find something beautiful and something uh, great. Um, there is uh, the Elbe Sandstone Mountains, and there is uh, the Hunting Castle of Moritzburg and Pillnitz. Summer Castle. Um, So it's all very close to Dresden and that's also a great uh, advantage of this place. It's really worth visiting it.
3: What I particularly liked is, yes, once we got into Old Town there, just sort of run into one historical building after another and it's very very easy to walk around and just make a day of just walking around the Old Town and Saying, oh hey, let's go. Let's go check that out.
2: I go with follow the crowd. <laughs> I, there's a couple places I like. Turn my head and there's, there's there's a lot of people going there. That's that's a good reason to get there. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about some food and wine in Dresden uh, and some beer, of course. Uh, maybe some local delicacies that you have while you're here in Dresden. And we'll be right back.
3: You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back.
4: You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com.
2: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. We are here in Dresden, Germany.
3: And one of the great things about Old Town is there's so many things to see just right that are within walking distance of each other. You can go sort of from one end to the other in under 15 minutes. A lot of beautiful things to see in the area. And we wanted to point out a few that we really liked.
2: The first one is the Zwinger. As Jeff said, we've been talking before, it's not with an S. Z, Swinger, I think what's so amazing about it is the I was unprepared to see such beautiful Baroque buildings uh, here in Germany I kind of think of and again this is my naive self who is still learning every time we come here to Europe about new things but I always kind of picture that these are the type of buildings that you see in Paris and that's where they are but they're just beautiful Baroque buildings it also has a beautiful crown gate some nymph baths it's got a wonderful courtyard and it's actually the home also of the old masters gallery which there's many famous artists in there famous paintings and it's kind of a place that you would see that you would expect to see in many you know, other cities, particularly Paris. I was really thrown back and amazed by that beautiful view.
3: Let's talk about Frau Kirche, or in English, Church of Our Lady. It sits right in the new market. We're going to speak more about this later because we got an interview with the Reverend there. We're also going to play you a clip of a little concert we heard there. The thing that really amazed us there was that it's such an incredible blend of the old and the new. It was almost completely bombed out. There were just a couple of columns left standing in 1945. It stayed that way and sort of served as a memorial for the horrors of war, and until in the 1980s, people started using it as a sort of a memorial place where they would go light candles and things, and it was sort of played a role in the the revolution of 1989 when East Germany left the Soviet Union, so the church played a role there as well, and then since 1990 they've rebuilt it, and what's really cool is they've taken the pieces of brick that were still left, they took and figured out where those went in the previous church, they rebuilt the church, put the old bricks where they could find them and where they knew they should go. The effect is you've got this very light church with little dark speckles here and there and it's almost, serves like a scar just to remind of everything. Just a really incredible building just just in and of itself and if you go there, I'd really encourage you to go up to the top, even though it's a, a steep climb, you'll get a beautiful view around Dresden and the river and everything, but it sort of serves, the building in itself serves as sort of a metaphor for all of Dresden and how they came back from the bombing in 1945 and then how they moved forward with the revolution in 1989. Now, we have family members who are big opera fans, and we also need to mention the Dresden Opera House. It's incredible inside. It's incredible outside. It sort of stands on its own, and it's definitely worth going by. And if you can find time to go take a look inside, it's it's an incredible place.
2: Yeah, they actually do tours there um, around their schedule. So if you want to connect them with them directly or go to visit Dresden, you can find out information about that as well. The next place that I went is the Royal Palace in Dresden. This was also destroyed during the Second World War and um, is being rebuilt. As a matter of fact, there's still parts of it that are still being worked on right now. But there's a really interesting collection of um, drawings, photographs. There's a new Green vault that's there that kind of embellishes the whole lifestyle of the rich and wealthy monarchs. What's also really interesting is there's a a whole floor of armory and uh, a really interesting collection of weapons adorned with so many jewels and, and different things. And it's just actually really, really cool costumes of the Renaissance and, of course, the Baroque era as well.
3: Sort of attached to the royal palace is an outside wall. You don't need tickets to go in or anything. It's an outside wall called the Procession of the princes and it's the world's largest porcelain tile mosaic and it is really incredible. It's 24,000 porcelain tiles that tell over 300 years of history showing the princes, and they're all riding horses and going in the same direction. And so you can sort of walk along and go, OK, here's you know uh, 1549. Here's 1602. Here's who was ruling then. What's really incredible is because they were fireproof of these 24,000 tiles, they only had to replace about 200 after the bombing in 1945 because they were fireproof. It's just visually stunning to stand under it and see how far it goes and then get a sense of the history of the place.
2: Another thing that we're excited about that we really recommend is we're actually waiting right now to go. The Saxon Steamboat Company does a tour. It was actually founded in 1836. It's the oldest and biggest paddle steamer fleet in the world. It actually dates back from 1879, and it's got the oldest ship engine, and it actually cruises up and down the river. So that's another fun thing to do where you're here. You can get a different view. I, I noticed when we were on the river yesterday on the other side, what an amazing... Not only is it amazing to see all these buildings up close, but it's amazing to see See them back off the river when they're lit up at night or during the day so that's another really great thing you should put on
3: your list one thing we really loved about the view from our hotel room is that we could look down on the Alt Market. We had this beautiful little French windows and a little deck and we could go outside and it's been beautiful weather here and we could look down on the Alt Market and see people coming and going and people sitting at tables for restaurants outdoors and been really fun. The only thing that might be better is if we came here at Christmas because that's where they do the Christmas market. They've been doing it since the 15th century here and the German Christmas markets are really famous and they're particularly noteworthy here in Dresden. I want to
2: come to the Christmas
3: market. Hopefully someday we can. Until then, let's talk about food in our next segment. We've had some great food coming up as an interview about the food here and some really great things you can enjoy.
2: You're listening to Travel Brigade. Make sure you check us out on Twitter,
4: Facebook, or Instagram at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. You're going to get a little hungry when you're traveling the globe. Whether it be fine dining, a regional specialty, or a small local free cart, you gotta eat. Next up, you gotta eat mmm good.
2: Welcome back to Travel your weekly Travel and Destination Show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin. We are in the beautiful city of Dresden in East Germany. I guess you see former East Germany, but really enjoying the cultural, the history. And of course, we always do. You got to eat. You do have to eat while you're in a city like this. And uh, what is it that is very unique about Dresden and the food, the beer, the wine? What's unique about it here that uh, people really want to try?
3: We're talking with Suzanne Reichelt. She is a tour guide here in, in Dresden. And Suzanne, tell us, yeah, what are some of the things that Dresden is particularly known for when it comes to beer, or when it comes to dishes, cakes, things like that?
5: Yeah, maybe we should at first mention something sweet. Uh, the, the locals all like sweet things here, and there is a special cake we have here in Dresden, only in Dresden and the surroundings, and that's called Eiercheke. It's a little difficult, maybe, to uh, to pronounce Eiercheke. Eier means eggs, yeah, so it's in fact like a cheesecake which has a special topping containing lots of. eggs eggs, yeah, and the whites of the eggs are whipped, and so it's kind of a foamy consistency. It's very delicious, yeah, you should try that, yeah. And, well, of course, with the Ayasheke, you would have to drink coffee. Dresdeners are great coffee drinkers. Um, Did you know that coffee filters was invented in Dresden? Yeah, It's by Melitta Benz. Maybe you know the firm Melitta, yeah, she founded it. Yeah, but uh, the Saxons are well known for their coffee consumption. Oh, well, but uh, we like other drinks as well. We like beer and wine, and we have good Beer and wine also here in our area. There are several breweries, as the Radeberger, this is the best known, and Freiberger, and Feldschlösschen. But there is also more and more of these small craft beer factories. Um, you find uh, a lot of them, in particular, in the pub and club area in Newtown. And Dresden is also situated at the Saxon wine route, which is a very small wine growing area, the smallest in Germany. And they grow a very dry, fruity, white wine here, which is the And you can only drink it here, because as it's so small, we drink everything ourselves. So you won't get it somewhere outside uh, Saxony, Uh, so don't miss to uh, taste the Saxon wine.
3: You can hear the bells in the background from Christ Church. Just one more of the amazing historical things here in Dresden. Tell us a little bit about particularly well-known restaurants or things that uh, people might want to visit here.
5: Um, there is lots of restaurants here around in the old town um, there is also some of these restaurants uh, cave restaurants do you say so walled restaurants Yeah. Um, there is the Sofien Keller for instance um, which is situated in some of the oldest cellar walls uh, of Dresden and um, there they also tried uh, to bring about a little the atmosphere of the 18th century so it's a very cozy place um, and there are others as well of course for instance the Dresden 1900 this is where they try to bring back the atmosphere of about 1900 and everywhere you get uh, the typical local food, of course. Perfect. We will put some links to some of these places on our
2: hot sheet for today's show. And we will also, of course, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be taking
4: photos while we're here.
3: Again, check us out on our homepage, travelbrigade.com. Follow us on Twitter at Travel We will be right back.
4: You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com.
2: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin. We are here, we always do your got to eat segment. And, you know, anytime you're in a town, you have to eat. We've been enjoying this lovely meal, which we're going to do Instagram shots of during this evening. I had some schnitzel, like my schnitzel. And
3: I had some roast pig. We're here at Sofenkeller. Do
2: you mean
3: suckling roasted pig? Suckling roasted pig. We are here at Sofenkeller, and you might hear in the background people having a great time. You might hear musicians wandering around, and you might hear actual suckling pigs roasting because there are times when they have them out just roasting and you can see them. We got really lucky because uh, we found a fellow Yank here, Thomas Van Kuyken. He's actually one of the waiters here, and so if you come here and you're from America, as most of our audience is, or you're an English speaker, he's a good one to get to know. Thomas, tell us a little bit about what they were going for here with the
1: history of the place and just the whole atmosphere. So Dean has been here as a restaurant for almost 20 years. This year we'll be celebrating our 20-year anniversary. Before it was a restaurant, it was just the basement from the Taschenberg Palace. Which was a palace that August the Strong had built for his favorite mistress, the Countess Kozel. After, or at the end of World War II, like most of Dresden, it was bombed and just turned to rubble, and everything was just sort of buried. But I think in the 90s, they rebuilt the, the palace and made it into a five star hotel. And at some point, they started to dig out the basement part they actually wanted to put a swimming pool in, and they discovered that they were original walls from the 17th century, and even in one of the rooms from the 12th century. Some of the walls here are older than Dresden itself, so they had to make another plan. Preserve it, and at some point, somebody had the idea to create a basement restaurant or a vault restaurant using the theme of August the Strong, who was the king of Poland and an elector from Saxony, as the basis. And what they ended up building is a restaurant that has 1,200 square meters, 450 seats, and seven different rooms, and it's all underground, so it's a pretty special place.
3: Tell us about, you know, I tried the suckling pig. And tell us about some of the traditional German dishes that are really popular here.
1: The suckling pig is my favorite, too. I really love it. There's not many places that you can get a, a dish like that. But one of the, the favorite dish of our guests is called sauerbraten. Sechs dishes sauerbraten. It's a special Saxon dish that's made from roast beef with a, a sweet raisin sauce over it with a potato dumpling and apple red cabbage that's one of the most popular things but also you can get a, a half of a boneless duck for example or you can get the traditional schnitzel
2: i had the schnitzel you.
1: Yeah, yeah and then we also have because we have a bakery
2: i was just gonna say i was just gonna ask you about that because we're literally sitting like five feet away from where the bread comes out it's amazing
1: yeah. so we have a lot of Special dishes that are created using the fresh-baked bread that we have. For example, you can get a piece of the suckling pig with sauerkraut and roasted onions and mustard that's all wrapped inside the bread dough and then baked in the oven. So it's sort of like all in one, it's like a magic, magic pocket of yumminess.
2: Now, with the bread, we had a choice of goose fat. Is that what it was?
1: Goose lard. Goose
2: lard. There you
1: go. <laughs> I don't know if there's a difference between lard and fat, but we call it lard.
2: And where does that come from?
1: That's actually made here.
2: But, I mean, is that a tradition? I mean, is that something that people eat here? Or? Oh,
1: yeah. That's a typical, a very typical German thing to eat to spread on bread. There's, You know, you either have liverwurst or you have lard.
2: We had both. So
3: yeah. <laughs> Now, we've been noticing throughout the night that there's a special drink that you can only get here. It comes in a small cup, and there's a story around the cup, and tell us about this
1: drink and what it
3: is and how it's served.
1: what you're talking about is I mean Kozo's Träne, meaning Kozo's Tears, and it's served in a small tin funnel, which is very unique because the funnel has a hole in the bottom and it's not normal to drink out of it. But I can sort of give you a quick history of it, a quick story about it. It has also to do with August the Strong. His favorite mistress was the Countess Kozel. She was very beautiful and very intelligent and very interested in politics, which was unusual at the time. And that's fine, but she kept interfering with his government, and he got really angry, but she wouldn't stop, so he locked her up in a castle in Stolzen and banned her from Dresden. So there, she would look out the window, get very sad and cry a lot. The tears would roll down in the earth, and then herbs started to grow there. We used this herb to make our special herbal liqueur that we call Kozel's Tears. She was locked there for 49 years until she died at a very old age, around 84 or so. So there's 49 different types of herbs in this drink. We drink it out of a funnel because August really loved to celebrate and he loved to drink. He drank a lot. He had a really bad habit of throwing his glass against the wall when he was done drinking so it was maybe fun for him, but soon there were no glasses left. How can you drink without a glass, right? Well, somebody had the idea to make a large tin funnel. So when August wanted to drink, he'd have to sit down and open his mouth, and some four guys would hold the funnel in his mouth, and a fifth guy would pour wine in until he was done, right? <laughs> So this is why we decided to have our small tin funnels made. And when you order this drink, we, of course, explain the reason and the history behind it. And then there's a little bit of a joke at the end. I don't know if you noticed with the other guests who would drink, cause you're supposed to drink it from the bottom, right, like a funnel, but actually they're they're not open.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so after the guests have been sort of sucking on the bottom of this funnel for a while, then we tell them, you know, by the way, it's actually closed. And it's just a joke. And then everybody really has a good laugh. <laughs>
2: Tell us a little bit about where people can uh, contact the restaurant here.
1: Yeah, you can find us online. It's the C in kellogg dresden.de, or you can send an email to info at dresdende or you can call us if you're in Germany, Then 0351-497-260.
2: Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Of course, we'll have this information as well as some posts on today's show at travelbrigade.com, Twitter, and Instagram.
3: Yeah, we'll post that link at travelbrigade.com on the hot sheet for today's show. Make sure you check that out. Stay tuned. We will be right back.
4: Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade.
2: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. We are here in Dresden having a beautiful time, having a wonderful time. As you know, we just talked all about food. Amazing, amazing meal we had last night.
3: What I have in common with the people here in Dresden is I noticed they like curry and the curry worst, and everywhere you go you have curry, and uh, I like curry.
2: Ah, uh-huh. I like curry, too. Although my curry and this curry, they're not from the same origin. But I don't care. It's spelled the same. Everyone thinks it's funny that my name is Curry.
3: So there you go. Coming up, we're going to switch gears and go to Frauenkirche. This is an incredible church that really sort of encapsulates the whole of Dresden history, just in its structure, its architecture. It also ties in with Martin Luther. It's a famous Lutheran church. And we'll be talking about that a little bit as well. Coming up, we've got a small music clip from a concert while we were there some hiding for you and you'll hear just how beautiful it sounds in this church and then we've got an interview with the reverend there
2: you're listening to travel brigade your weekly your weekly travel and destination show make sure that you check us out on twitter facebook or instagram and you can also check out links to all the things that we're talking about on our hot sheet for today's show at travelbrigade.com. we'll be right back Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. We are in the beautiful
3: city of Dresden. And we are standing in a beautiful, incredible church, Frauenkirche. I know I'm probably not saying that totally right to the German here, but the Church of Our Lady. What's incredible about this church is it was bombed out during the Second World War and then rebuilt, and it's an incredible blend of old and new. Here to tell us more about it is Reverend Angelica Benke, and she is the pastor here at the church and she's going to be speaking to us in German. It will be translated by Greet Jan Dura. Tell us about how this church came to be rebuilt and how pieces of the previous church were used in rebuilding the new church.
6: The Alte Kirche wurde im Zweiten Weltkrieg zerstört und man hat sich entschieden, diese Kirche wieder aufzubauen in der Weise, dass sie ähm, mit, der, mit den alten vorhandenen Materialien wieder aufgebaut wurde ähm, und die fehlenden Teile, die während des äh, Zweiten Weltkrieges nicht mehr auffindbar waren, gänzlich zerstört waren, ähm, wurden Ersetzt durch neue Sandsteine. Und das gibt ein wunderbares Bild, weil die neuen Steine im Prinzip die alten Steine bergend in ihrer Mitte nehmen und sie mit einkleiden. Und man sieht es auch an verschiedenen Stellen in der Kirche, wo sich alt und neu begegnen, wo alte und neue Bauteile zusammenkommen. Und man sieht eben, dieses Bauwerk ist verbunden, aber die Wunden sind geheilt. Es bleiben Narben, aber ähm, es sind. Äh, äh, stand etwas Neues. Und die Idee dahinter ist, dass sich in diesem Bauwerk sehr schön widerspiegelt, dass es Auferstehung gibt, dass es die Möglichkeit gibt, nach einem Ende, was nach Tod und Zerstörung und Ende aussieht, man wieder neu anfangen kann.
0: This church was uh, destroyed during the Second World War and the ruins were left uh, in the the middle of the city. The decision was taken to include uh, the old material as far as possible and to have new uh, new material where it was needed. All of this sandstone was used. So you now have a wonderful uh, picture of the church when you look at the façade. You have light stones and dark stones. Um, The new stones embrace the old ones, so uh, the future embraces history and uh, old and new come together and this shows that uh, something like resurrection is possible that something new can arise uh, and that death is not the end.
3: This church was also a focal point during the revolution of 1989 as my understanding it was sort of a memorial and people would come here at the end of peace marches and leave candles here and things. Can you talk a little bit about the role this church played in the revolution of 1989?
6: Das war ein zentraler Platz hier, wo sich die Menschen eben zusammenfanden und, ähm, ja, wie Sie schon sagen, Kerzen niederlegten, Kerzen aufstellten, Kerzen als Zeichen des Friedens, der äh, friedlichen Revolution. Und ja, der, der Platz hier ist einfach so zentral, dass äh, sich die Menschen hier immer wieder versammelten und auch ihre Hoffnung kundgetan haben an den Ruinen der Frauenkirche. Sie haben hier einen Sehnsuchtsort gefunden, der ihrer Hoffnung auch Ausdruck gibt, dass dass Veränderung möglich ist. Also auch wieder, es sieht aus, als wenn alles tot ist, als wenn es keine, keine Zukunft gibt. Aber Menschen gestalten an diesem Ort Zukunft. Und das ist das Wunderbare, was sich eben auch dann fortgesetzt hat im Wiederaufbau. Es ist ja nicht nur das Gebäude, sondern es sind die Menschen, die mit ihrem Geist dieses Gebäude füllen und mit ihrem Geist hier arbeiten und hier zum Gottesdienst kommen. Also die Idee des Friedens, Und der friedlichen Versöhnung zwischen unterschiedlichen Meinungen äh, setzt sich fort und hat ja äh, schon eine lange Tradition hier an diesem auf diesem Platz.
0: The New Market was a central place where people met and the ruin of the Frauenkirche uh, especially people came here and uh, lit candles. Candles are always a sign of peace, a very silent and powerful uh, sign. And uh, people here voiced their hope that change can happen and that they uh, that they long for change and they want to shape future so this is also what came before the idea of the rebuilding of the church but then uh, what what helped during the process of rebuilding the church that uh, you have the idea of peace and of reconciliation and that this can become visible here
3: there's a statue of Martin Luther outside in the square here can you talk a little bit about the connection with Martin Luther particularly in terms of the architecture and being seen as a classically Lutheran church
6: Die Architektur spiegelt lutherische Theologie wider. Sie ist im Prinzip steingewordene Liturgie, lutherische Liturgie, in der Weise, dass die Kuppel, die Gemeinde überspannt, die Gemeinde im Zentrum steht. Also die ähm, nicht die Kuppel sich über dem Altarraum erhebt, sondern über der Gemeinde. Die Gemeinde ist im Zentrum. Die Gemeinde sitzt auch im K- Halbkreis, äh, Richtung Altar, Richtung Kreuz ausgerichtet. Und ähm, sie, ähm, sie preist und lobt Gott und wird zusammengefasst unter der Kuppel. Es ist nicht mehr der Priester, der Horn steht und ähm, die Liturgie leitet, sondern die Gemeinde gestaltet mit, die alle Gemeindeglieder sind für sich Priester sozusagen und sie sind eben in diesem Kirchraum auch sichtbar, die Priester. Also das Priestertum aller Getauften ist ja eine grundlegende Idee Luthers und ähm, das Heil hängt also nicht vom Priester ab, der vorne steht und den Gottesdienst leitet, sondern ähm, alle Menschen ähm, sind kleine Theologen oder große Theologen und haben unter dieser Kuppel eben auch äh, Platz und das wird hier sehr anschaulich, dass die
0: Gemeinde im Mittelpunkt steht. The Frauenkirche reflects what Luther uh, had in mind when he talked about a service and, and theology and his belief. So the one central aspect of the Frauenkirche is its dome and the cupola, and uh, it is right in the center of the church, not like in St. Peter's where uh, it's where the reverends are, but here it is about the congregation. Um, the congregation gathers around the reverend and, and listens to his word, um, but they are also priests in themselves, and they are visible, they are important parts part of the service so this is what uh, reflects Luther's thought of the priesthood of the baptized.
3: Earlier today we attended a beautiful concert here and this is one of many musical events here throughout the year and and different kinds of events in addition to services. If people are planning a trip here and they want to come visit and, and see what events might be happening what would be a good website for them to go to to find out more about the schedule and everything like that?
6: Also, das Angebot ist sehr breit gefächert. ähm, Musikalische Angebote, natürlich jeden Tag äh, Andachten und Gottesdienste. äh, In der Advents- und Weihnachtszeit natürlich nochmal ein verstärktes Angebot, ähm, auch draußen auf dem Neumarkt. ähm, Da geben wir quasi auch mit der Gemeinde nach draußen. Alles, was man wissen will und wissen muss über die Veranstaltungen, die hier in der Kirche stattfinden, ähm, erfährt man auf unserer Website.
0: There are many events in this church. It's not just a architectural place to visit, but it's also. Um, a lively church with so much going on. We have uh, daily devotions and we have services on Sundays. There's lots of music.
2: You're listening to Travel Brigade. Make sure that you tweet us, follow us at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back.
4: You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com.
2: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin. We have been having an amazing time here in Dresden. Also, I forgot to tell you, make sure that you check out our photos. You can do that on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Lots of photos of our trip here.
3: Also, if you go to travelbrigade.com and check out the hot sheet for today's show, you can find links to all the people we've been talking to, places we've been talking about. Now, we've mostly focused on things that you can find in the Old Town area, but if you go across the river, there's a place called Outer Newtown. It's sort of more the uh, lively, hipper, younger area. Lots of bars that are open all night, art gardens in sort of winding through apartment houses and things like that. It's a whole different feel from the historic feel that you get when you're here in Old Town Dresden. This is a trip we will not soon forget, but it is time to move on to another destination. Please join us next time. In the meantime, please remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, please join us.
2: Yes, and you can check out all of our links for the show on TravelBrigade.com, on Instagram and Twitter, and we will see you next week and enjoy the trip.
1: You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.